0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Collisions YYC Current and Critical. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm. Thank you for joining me today for another good old-fashioned chat. Today's show is brought to you in partnership with our newly minted relationship with SAIT Corporate Training. After 18 months and hundreds of conversations with the leaders, innovators, and the movers and shakers in our city, two things have become abundantly clear. The future of work has arrived, and it always has been all about the people. So, whether you're an individual looking to upskill or an organization looking to reskill an entire division, SATE has the team, the curriculum, and more importantly, the advisors to partner with you to build what you need to adapt for the road ahead. Do yourself a favor and take the time to learn a little bit more. Check them out at www.sate.ca/slash corporate training. And more importantly, give them a call, have a consultation, and find out what SATE can do for you. Hello, and a warm Collisions YYC. Welcome
1: to Miss Ellen Parker. How are you, Ellen? Ellen? I'm well, thanks, Tyler. How are you?
0: I am really good. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We have inter inter uh, our, our Venn diagrams have, have have overlapped, but we've never actually met, so it's an absolute pleasure. One of the things I love about the show, and it just perpetuates the small town of Calgary, where you know a couple minutes of conversation and one degree of separation, and you and you get and you run into just about everybody, which I love about Calgary. You are the founder of Parker PR, so let's dive right in. What is what is Parker PR, and then let's get into this this cool topic of public relations.
1: Okay, great. Yeah, thank you. So we are a group of seven to 10 uh, full-time employees, professional communicators here at Parker PR. I have a degree in communications and I've been working in this field for many years for multiple organizations like WordFest the food bank, uh, the Calgary Philharmonic Orchestra. I worked in New York City for a number of years for the Institute for Children in Poverty and a boutique PR agency and a marketing agency that worked with children's writers and film. So I have a vast kind of experience all in communications and marketing and event planning, the whole gamut. So that experience led me to wanting to open up my own shop. Um, I moved back from New York uh, to Calgary and did that here. And it will be seven years this coming November. So that C- kind of. Congratulations.
0: Gives me- and yeah, I sure. Yeah. That feels like a whole other episode of the story of deciding to move back from New York and to, you know, and to come back to Calgary. And seven years ago, things were still, it was just about when things kind of tipped over a little bit in terms of the resource sector.
1: Yeah, so I actually I moved back about 10 years ago when I took a job as a manager at the Calgary Philharmonic Orchestra. Oh, and that nice. was okay. that was somewhat strategic. It gave me an opportunity to manage uh, manage a team to a degree as well as acquire skills in fund development, which I've been very passionate about with my work in the Uh, philanthropic side of things. I've done tons of charity work and I sit on a number of boards. So I really wanted to hone my skills in um, helping these not-for-profit organizations become more sustainable. And then after working at the orchestra for a few years, I I started Parker Public Relations.
0: uh, I... uh professional creeper on LinkedIn, uh, like kudos to you for con- clearly the amount of time that you spend supporting your community. That shows up really loud and clear when you look down your, your profile and running your own business for some of us who live in that world. Uh, it That can be all encompassing. So like, again, maybe not to go down, but how do you find the time to do both? Or is it just that it fills you up so much that you make the time?
1: Hmm? Yeah, thanks for asking. Honestly, yeah, it totally. It fills me up. I love helping Um, I love helping not-for-profits. I love helping artists. My parents are both musicians, so I grew up in a very artistic environment. That's cool. But I've always been very business-minded, so... I was always kind of a sheep, a, uh, a bit of a black sheep in a way. I was super business driven and had an opportunity. The business woman <laughs> sitting
0: with the table of artists. No, I get it. <laughs> totally. <I> get it.
1: <laughs> and so, uh, so, yeah, that my, my upbringing has definitely um, cultivated a strong passion for the arts and for charity work.
0: No, that's no, fantastic. It really, it really shows up loud and clear on your, on your, on your profile, which is busy. Yeah. Bu- if you go on something done, ask a busy person. I have a feeling that maybe describes you. I don't know you that well, Absolutely. but I'm going to take, I'm going to take a wild guess that that might, <laughs> might be the case. And so public relations, let's talk about that a little bit. I think, you know, our world market, my world marketing brand PR, they overlap, they get thrown around a lot. I think for a lot of businesses in Calgary through the last couple of years, in my experience, I'm not sure we can, we can compare notes. There's a lot of companies looking to pull new levers that they maybe haven't pulled before the way Calgary did business, the way the oil and gas sector has worked for years, a lot of you know, good relationships. We have a big, small town here, but I'm seeing a lot of companies now going, I need to do things differently. I need to look outside my borders. I maybe need to look outside the borders of Canada, which requires you know, marketing, PR, even your sales teams to act differently. So how have you even seen in your own journey? Well, maybe define public relations from your perspective, and then let's talk about how you've seen it evolve in, this, in our city.
1: Yeah, thanks. Great question. So public relations, you know, communicating with the public is telling telling your story and ensuring you're using every possible platform to do that. So that's Through events, that's through your website, through all of your social media channels, internal communications, whether it be an internal newsletter to your stakeholders, your employees, your investors, external communications. So that's external invitations to events, newsletters, blogs, um, anything that tells your business's story to the audiences that you want to attract. Um, Through COVID, it's been interesting because we've definitely... Um, enhanced and put a lot of effort into different areas that we typically were not doing prior. So for example, the event landscape has changed significantly. Now we're doing virtual events where we're sending our our event guests, charcuterie boards and wine in advance of a meeting to ensure we still have that level of experience virtually. Uh, With social media, we've had a number of clients have to onboard e-commerce overnight when the pandemic hit. (laughs)
0: Literally within within a week or you don't have the ability to to accept transactions.
1: (laughs) So looking at the digital platform and Instagram, Facebook, Um, websites, how do we immediately shift? So we're reaching entirely new audiences in a different way because we can't open up our stores and have people come and shop. Restaurants, we've worked with so many different restaurants in Calgary, helping them reimagine what they're doing. So whether it's now virtual cooking shows with a chef, and then you can order food, and it gets delivered to your home. But you know, so many restaurants didn't have that delivery option available prior to COVID. So the PR landscape has definitely changed. And I think for any business, onboarding a PR team, as soon as you start building a foundation, ensuring that each of those sort of arms of communication, like your website, like your social media, like your event strategy, ensuring that all of those are built and thoughtful and strategic from the beginning can be incredibly powerful. Um, our brands, as we know, and as you know, are so important. So being thoughtful about what your brand looks like, what it sounds like, how it makes your audience feel. These are really important things for small businesses to be able to do. So I think what we do here is essentially we're sort of creative communication business developers. We work <laughs> with our clients yes, and we yes. help them grow a business through reaching their audiences in ways that have an ROI. You know, it's all about return on investment at the end of the day, so...
0: Yes. And in our world with the old, you know, the old joke we've all heard. And if you have if you lived in our world, you know, 50% of my marketing or my, my, my initiative, my efforts are working. I just don't know which 50%. And we're living in a world <laughs> where that's closing, that gap's closing in because we have a lot more ability to track, but you're right. You get into the elusive world of brand and how you make people feel and, you know, sure you want to monetize it, but how do you measure it? And when you have it, you know, it's there. When you don't have it, it's like kind of catching, you know, nailing down jello on, on, on the desk kind of thing. I've
1: never exactly. tried that.
0: It doesn't sound like a thing. Um, do you work a lot with more B two B, B two C? Like, how do you, in terms of segmenting your clients? Do you have a blend of both?
1: We do. Yeah, we work with a vast array of clients. We've worked with um, we work with a number of actually business improvement areas. So we work with the Kensington BIA, the Inglewood BIA, and Victoria Park. So these are neighborhoods in Calgary that have you know two hundred and fifty to three hundred and fifty businesses within the community. We help them with their overall strategy, their annual event ideas that we're going to plan and implement, their website, their social media. Um, those clients we just we love we love so much because we get an opportunity to also deal with so many different businesses within that wow. scope. We also work with uh, people who have ideas and are launching campaigns around different philosophies. So that is more about um, taking. Their idea and recreating it into a way that's very palatable for the audience to understand and consume and want to be a part of. We've worked with the Alberta University for the Arts, so, you know, a giant arts organization, helping them with their strategy to help be an exciting opportunity to receive grant money and also get tons of media coverage. Um, I love it.
0: If you think about what you're, it's it's all about influence. And mm-hmm. you know, you have you, got you you want something to happen. You've got a group of individuals that you want. You know, what's in it for them? Why would they care? You know, how do you curate? And that's so interesting. And I've noticed a huge shift in Calgary in the last couple of years, especially in the B two B space, where companies are taking that a lot more seriously. And let's be honest, this is a town that's very influenced by engineers and accountants. A lot of companies are run by those individuals. And I don't know if you've had this. I've been a lot of rooms where it's like, ah, that's the fluffy stuff. Like I I want the facts. People are going to buy us because we do the best thing, and you can tell because we have a 40-page white paper in 8-point font that explains why we're the best. And I've seen a bit of a trend in terms of there's a more acceptance that there is an emotional side of it, that there is a need to connect people at a human level. And I don't know if it's just simply because changing of the times or that there's been economic pressures that companies can't pull the same old levers. So from a Calgary and an economic transformation perspective... Are, are, are we starting to get it more? And again, I'm biased, and maybe you are too, that this is a really important piece of your business strategy. It wasn't always at the table in Calgary, especially when you got away from more into the business community, the B2B community.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's about identifying our various audiences and then looking at you know secondary audiences that we want to tap into and all the different ways that we can inspire them to want to use our product or come to our events whatever we're selling right mm-hmm. so i think being creative and i mean also the whole audience that we access is changing we have these millennials who have a totally different set of skills than we do and they're so virtual and TikTok. i mean we're onboarding this TikTok application for so many of our clients that it doesn't seem intuitive however this is what audiences are looking for and who are the decision makers and Um, what trends are coming into the community and how do we respond to that and how do we react to that? So being forward thinking, I think is, is really important and, and thinking outside the box in terms of how we tell our story and what we want our customer to do, right? That's the whole purpose is what are we saying and what are we trying to inspire people to um, align with? So we become more successful. And I think that we've, yeah, we've had a lot of success, uh, through the PR, uh, different applications that we've we've been able to implement.
0: I think sometimes just the helping your client realize that they're not their own client, <laughs> that their client is different than them and that the profile is different. And I, you know, classic, I would never go on there. I'm like, well, yeah, but you're not your customer. You're already bought in. You're here. You know, thinking about where the customer is and putting ourselves is so easy as humans to just go put our own filters on what we think our customers are thinking. And that can be such a limiting, arguably very dangerous because again, you make a lot of assumptions in, in that realm. When you, when you talk to companies and you talked about just the plethora of, like you just mentioned TikTok, but like build the list. I think there's a slide that you can't even identify the individual logos anymore because there's so many different tools out there of ways to communicate. Where do you start with a client? And maybe I'm already asking my question around the audience, but I get so many calls like, we need to be on all these platforms. It's like, actually, no, you don't. Where are your customers? I was like, How do you navigate that with companies that maybe go from not being in to try to almost jump in and almost spread themselves too thin, if, if lack of a better way to say it?
1: Well, a couple things. Number one, we start with the brand, and we really identify um, what the brand is, who the audience is, what we're selling, what the story is that we're telling, and then ensuring that I'm a strong believer in that we should definitely capitalize on every opportunity we can to tell our story. And one way to do that really effectively is to ensure that we're creating really great content that can be slightly modified to appeal to each of those platforms. So LinkedIn, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, an internal message to your stakeholders, an external message to your stakeholders through a blog on your website, for example, a press release to the media. You could use a lot of this exact same content on all of the different platforms.
0: You made the comment about press releases, which uh, to me is an interesting one. I've, I, I think there's still a lot of companies out there I've dealt with that will reach out and go, you know what, we haven't done anything comms related, but we have something new. A press release is what we're going to do. That's going to. Can you write it for us? That'll solve. And then you start asking, well, what else you got going on? And we'll know nothing. We're just going to put a press release out. Uh, is that something you still run into? Is that old school? I, mean, I haven't had that call for a while, but it resonated with me when I heard you say the word press release
1: absolutely <laughs> extremely important we write press releases every day we do media kits for our clients every every business should have a media kit it's a digital document that lives on your website it's downloadable you can email it it has the who what where why who what where when why of your business frequently asked questions bio and image of the key stakeholders incredibly important um, Generating media attention is tremendously effective. We are, I'm going to brag for a moment, we are very, very good at that because we have really strong relationships with people in the community. So because I've been working in this field for 20 years now, I was pitching when I worked at WordFest when I, that was literally 19 years ago. So we've developed incredibly strong relationships with people in the media and when you have a story and you tell it the right way and it's written well and it's written to CP style, which is very important, it, get, it, can, it can have a strong chance of getting picked up by the press. And as soon as something is on television, it's unbelievable if you watch your website and you watch the hits to your website, it's fascinating um, to see the attention websites get once they've been on the news. And um, it's a big part of what we do. I have a fantastic team, truly the best, I think, in the, in the industry. Um, Bob Sumner works with me. He was at Global for 25 years and at CTV for five years. Jacqueline Brown was at CTV for a number of years. So they were working on the other side. I was pitching to them for years. And then I hired them. So that was a very strategic move for me. So I've got these experts and know what they know what gets picked up because they were on the receiving end. And I'm trained in Canadian press style and I teach my whole team. I run a very tight ship when it comes to content and what we send out. And uh, yeah, no press releases and media relations, huge bang for your buck. Uh, yesterday I had a realtor who got... Um, a news segment with global television. It was on the news last night. It was prime time to watch news. You know, there are 7,000 realtors in Calgary, and many of them pay for television segments. That's the thing, about 80 to 90% is paid. 10, 10 to 20% is called earned media, and that's what we're really good at doing. And it's because you can tell a story that's interesting and appealing and helps elevate the news station's programming. So, you know, Chorus Entertainment, which owns global television, they're also a business. They want to showcase fantastic content. And if people in the community are delivering fantastic content, then it's making their lives a lot easier. I've always heard
0: that, you know, when you deliver it, do it in a way that makes their lives easier because they are always up against deadlines. They're always chasing like a better experience for their audience. If you serve it up for them in an easy way at the right timing, that's... You know, and it's an interesting comment you said, and I don't want to go too down, turn this into a, in a whole you and I dissecting the world of, but as journalism has changed and as the traditional media has changed, has that provided a more opportunity or almost even a more need? Like you saying, giving an example of those two individuals have now come over to your side of the house of helping create that storyline. Is that also, is the rise of PR part of the decline? Or I don't want to say decline, the change in traditional how journalism and media happened in, like 10 years ago. I'll just leave it at that.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I love it because I launched, because of that, we launched Parker mm. Media. So Parker Media is an arm of my business that I launched during COVID. And we tell stories through video through Parker Media. So we are actually becoming a news house ourselves. Cause that's
0: interesting. That's how it's changing.
1: So that's a very interesting question. And I have I have a lot of people in the journalism world who reach out to me consistently looking to see if there's opportunities because that's an area that I'm fascinated by. I have a lot of experience in journalism myself. So we do a lot of video for our clients. Parker Media does really accessible, very affordable, short videos that our clients can showcase on their websites, on their social media channels. So they're essentially now telling the story. So if the news stations are downsizing and there's no television program to showcase what's happening, where are people going for their content? And we mm-hmm. see it right now, they're going to Instagram, they're going to influencers. Yes, to, the palm of,
0: to the palm of my hand as I hold up my phone for everyone who's yeah. listening, not watching, I know.
1: Exactly, so I think that's power, a really- The power dynamic
0: has shifted. <laughs>
1: it's a really important message, and it's a really important thing for corporations to understand. You know, the oil and gas sector, I mean, we've seen what's happened with them. If they had onboarded a fantastic PR company, 10 years ago They lost five control years of their ago, absolutely We would yeah. have been in a much different space as it relates to pipelines as it relates to our economy so I'm really you're- glad you
0: took it there because I've had a lot of yeah. guests like we have a marketing and branding problem, we have a story problem, you know, and there's the quick argument, no, we're the safest and we're the best. I'm like, yeah, but the other story got out ahead of you and it now just looks like you're you're just responding versus leading. And exactly. I do believe that that's put our province back on our heels. I absolutely agree with yeah. you. Yeah.
1: And I think you hit the nail on the head right there. What we do is we help our clients become leaders. It's all about becoming an effective leader. And telling your story in the right way, using the right language, using the right video to align with it, using the right photography to align with it. It's all inspiring people to want to follow you, whether it's purchase your product, onboard your philosophy, whatever it may be, right? It's leadership. And I think that that's something that communications companies can help, and especially what we do here. We, I think that that's how we inspire our clients. We want to help them become the go-to spot for whatever they are doing, whatever they're selling. Like for example, the Brenda Stratford Center has been a pro bono client of mine for years. I volunteer there. There's a number of kids that go to the school where my two boys, who are seven and nine, attend the Hillhurst School. And so I've been, um, I've developed relationships with some of the women that live there. It's a shelter for women and children fleeing domestic violence. And so through my relationships at the school, I have, I've started, I started helping essentially these women several years ago and then formalized it, my company has onboarded them as a pro bono client. However, what we've been able to do with them is we have been able to generate so much press for them that they are now the go-to for anything around domestic violence. So CBC, whomever's looking for interviews, they just automatically go to the Brenda Strafford Center. And so when we see that happen, we can go like this, like, you know, and walk away. We've done our work, they well, are it, becomes, it
0: becomes its own perpetual wheel. The flywheel, to use that, you know, exactly. corporate buzzword, but then it starts to happen. Exactly. Well, that concept of, of, you know, the old, old the old world of traditional media was, it's still all about reach and frequency. But like what you said, it's not just reach and frequency, it's the right reach and frequency with the right message. And when you put out all those breadcrumbs and eventually as humans, you, you start to see them everywhere. You're just like, oh, well, that's. Pe-. it's amazing how it just infects your mind. I say that in fact in a positive way, maybe a bad choice of words these days, but all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, so-and-so. And all of a sudden, like, where did that even come in? It was a series of very small breadcrumbs that all of a sudden you look to XYZ company or leader as the person that you're going to go to, to solve your problem or answer or answer your question. And it happens slowly. And then all of a sudden, that's what's really intangible, but very unique about our, our world of it's very deliberate. And once it gets in there, you, you're like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That company, obviously that's, I've always thought of them as that way, but you always didn't. <laughs> somebody, somebody deliberately planted that idea in, in your mind in a good way.
1: Exactly. And that reiterates the idea of using the same good content on all of your platforms, right? Create once, publish everywhere mindset. Totally. Like, make sure that you're enhancing what you're doing. And, And that's kind of how we work with our client. We look at every area, events, website, social media, partnership development, strategy, media relations. What are we doing in all of those places? Work smarter, not harder. And it's not a quick game. You know, it's not a... A one press release might get you a win and you might see your website traction go up by 400%, sure. But to make some major strides and become kind of an institution or develop a foundation, that requires a bit of a long-term investment.
0: I think that that's really good advice for a lot of companies. And my business partner always joked, it's not a gumball. You don't put the quarter in, turn it, and the gumball comes out the bottom. Like you talked about, you know, you get a press release, you get picked up, you get a story, you get a tent pole on your website traffic. But then that four hundred percent goes up, but it comes down. But if you've got something ready to come in, and you're always working at putting it out there, there's a level of consistency that sometimes it wants to be a lever, and they want to pull the lever really quick. But it's a bunch of levers being pulled over and over again. And I think if there, advice, if we're if we're giving advice, if anyone's t- interested, that consistency of Putting out a message and always listening and understanding what's landing. But consistency is where I think a lot of companies that are new to this maybe slip in my experience. Mm.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you even see it on Instagram, and I'm gonna bring that up because this is just basically free advice for people who listen to your podcast. Like
0: Excellent, thank you. That's that's what we're here for.
1: Get on Instagram, make your photos really vibrant and clear, and be incredibly consistent with the content. You know. Put the same content out weekly, absolutely, because you'll start to create your brand. And that's how you create your brand. And everybody is on Instagram right now. It's the easiest win for businesses to make sure that they're developing a foundation that's solid and they, and they put time into the strategy component and then they consistently implement it. And they consistently get back to the key messages, so identifying what those six key messages are and ensuring that weekly you have those prevalent through that platform.
0: So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to keep setting you up here and keep teeing you up because I think you're, you're towing the line for all of us who work in, in, in you know marketing, branding, comms, PR. What do you tell the company that goes, oh, I heard this. I heard Ellen talk. We're going to get going on our Instagram. We're going to hire someone for 35 grand a year. We're going to Put this on their desk, we're probably not gonna support them a lot. And we're gonna say, hey, get our Instagram going. Like we want to be number one on Google or we wanna be, we wanna have our social media. I do see that happen from time to time. And I see a lot of people getting set up to fail, including the organization themselves. But you know, aside from please hire, you know, Barker PR, what would you say to a company that's maybe looking at it, heard the advice, but maybe didn't dig into what it really means to do it properly and set someone on their team up for failure, heaven forbid. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think that, I mean, I think that even if you look at other people, potential competitors in your industry, and if you have a quick examination of kind of what they're doing online and get some ideas around what they're doing, you'll see the effectiveness that that's happening. So like everything that the way I approach everything is with an acronym called RACE. Research, action, communication, evaluation. So number one, always look at your successful competitors and see what they're doing. You know, it makes sense. And then assess your team and look at their personal social media platforms. Like if you want to hire internally and save money and bring someone on board who's down in workload so they have capacity to do something like this, you know, look at what they're doing from a personal perspective. When I'm hiring someone on, to, to join my team, I 100% look at what they've done personally on social media. It's a no-brainer. If you have anything that is uh, concerning whatsoever, all of your accounts should be private. That's just a no-brainer. But bringing <laughs> This people- is good
0: advice. You're doling out the solid <laughs> advice today, are
1: bringing people on board who know what they're doing and you can see how effective it is and then absolutely implement something, but create a strategy first. Look at what hashtags you want to use. Look at who you want to tag. You know, every post you can tag a certain number of people. If you don't tag someone, you're missing an opportunity to create a window into a new audience. That's how how it works on Instagram. So it can be very useless if you don't do it right but it can be very effective. It can, it
0: can look like a lot of work with a lot of noise with not a lot of outcome. You're right. But there exactly. is like anything you don't, don't, just, you still have, there's still a degree of, of, of tactics and strategies to execute on it.
1: Mm-hmm. But it's very low hanging fruit and look at your analytics and think, when are my people on and looking at my content and who are they? Are they female, male? Where are they, et cetera? Cause you can get all of those analytics. And if you, would utilize a professional company like my company, then there's we have business applications that can take that to a whole new level for you. But this mm-hmm. is very in- inexpensive marketing. I mean, Instagram advertisements are you know in, in the under, in the contrast
0: uh, of quote unquote the old days where you had to buy the billboard or the TV spot or the radio spot or the you know out of home the traditional world of you know big spend on media and the problem is whatever you went out with if you didn't get it right you had 2 weeks to enjoy not being right and then you could then you could change it for more money and more effort where the yeah. you know I do love the feedback cycle of the of the current digital world like it requires you being on it but my my buddy always used to say back in the when you're talking to a company and they said Imagine you were in a coffee shop and two people were sitting there talking about your company, saying something maybe that was off and you had the ability to interject. And it's such an old conversation, but I think it's still relevant. Like be part of the conversation Mm -hmm. because hopefully it's happening about you. You need to be able to influence it and take part in it. And sitting on the sidelines is, you know, your competitors won't. And then you'll wonder why they got ahead of you basically.
1: Totally. It's like, do you want to tell the story or do you want someone else to tell your story?
0: (laughs) It's going to get told. Yeah. How do you influence it? It's
1: going to get told. So who's telling it, you or someone else? (laughs)
0: So, hey, let's take it up. We're, we're down in the weeds. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna apply the power. We're going to pull back in the oil. We're going to bring the plane up to 30,000 feet a little bit. So you and I both clearly in agreement that we lost control of our narrative in Alberta from an oil and gas perspective. Well, we've got, let's say we, we're at a different cycle and we're talking about our tech environment and our startup ecosystem. And we're thinking about, oh, we're going to be the next Silicon Valley. We're going to be the next Kitchener Waterloo. If we are putting together and being part of that strategy, which there's a lot of good things going on, so this is no way compromising. But when you start thinking about the Calgary of the future, from your perspective as a, as a PR professional, what are some of the key messages and things that you start thinking about? I'm like, man, we got to get this on the minds of people in Toronto and the people in Boston and the people in wh- wherever else that's not here.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So immediately I think, what is the message? What are the visuals that go along with that message? So, I mean, we worked with a company called Exergy and over the, or over the pandemic, what they do is they do three 3D printing. It's fascinating. And over the pandemic I, I got
0: to tour their office because of you oh. introduced me to them and they do super cool stuff. Cool. The CEO was great. We had a really good chat. That actually that episode did really well. Oh, a reverse awesome. plug for both of us on that one. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That, that okay. episode did really well.
1: Okay, awesome. So they created three they created ventilators um, with their three D technology. So I mean that's a fascinating story, right? So so Finding some of these stories that showcase our ability to be innovative, capturing photos, very interesting video of, of these stories with the right key messages, working with Travel Alberta, Tourism Calgary, the City of Calgary, and a series of key community leaders, to use their platforms to showcase this audiences. kind of content and these kinds of audiences engaging Air Canada and WestJet and you know Up magazine and Enroute and all of these things um, that's how i would approach it 100% so i would i would identify key movements that have happened in our community that speak to the fact that we are a leader in tech and we are a leader in and don't, innovation. Don't,
0: don't, don't say it. Sh- show me. I love yeah. the influencer angle you brought in about we have leaders that have an audience. They have people that mm-hmm. are curious and engaged in what they have to say. And you know, the, you know, in social media influencing and those, that's, that's, it feels like another whole podcast, but it's such an easy way. And I don't want to say it's free because there's always somebody's putting effort and energy to it, but the ability to capitalize on the fact that we have people that have followings and they have, they have influence. What stories are they telling? And are we putting the right stories even on their radar? Do they even know about the Exergy story? You know, exactly. and that's, that's, the, there's so many cool things going on in Alberta. Part of why I created the podcast is like, if these two people are trying to solve the same problem, they're across the street from each other and they're not talking. We have a problem that we like that's going to elevate just by bringing us together. Which was a little bit of the impetus of why we even started the show was mm-hmm. to try to unpack the Alberta's full of kind of head down ass up. Everyone's doing the work; they're not always telling their story, and that's I think our biggest missed opportunity.
1: Mm-hmm. And there's not a lot of great self promoters here. I mean, especially being Canadian, we're very polite and sometimes we're, too damn there's humble. A, we're so <laughs> humble that. That's something that I think is important to push the boundary. Like I love when people talk about the great work they do. I think it's wonderful and it's brilliant and we need to keep doing that and people need to keep doing that. And uh, absolutely, if we want to be, if we want to take our community to the next level and come out of this pandemic stronger and brighter than ever with opportunities for jobs and creation, because some people are quite down right now. I mean, it's been a hard go for many people. So, how yes. are how are we doing that? And that has to be an entire PR campaign, essentially.
0: No, absolutely. The the what's the what's the joke? It's 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 not bragging if it's true. Is that there's there's something in there I think fits well into PR and fell into I kind of telling your own story. Yeah, I like I, that. I, I, I think that was from Suits, actually. I don't know. I, mean, I don't know who I'm quoting, but yeah, it's not, it's not original. It's not a Tyler original. I mean, yeah. But no, it's such an interesting mindset—the the, the too humble for our own good kind of kind of thing—and being not scared to put it out there and tell those stories. Because don't forget, when you're telling a story about something you did as a startup, you're inspiring other startups that are maybe have nothing to do with what you do, but the art of the possible and seeing is believing. And there's so much of that that I think is so critical. That in our very technically oriented province, where we are so skilled and have so many good things going for us, but people from the outside don't. I grew up in Montreal. I knew nothing about this province. You know, oil and gas was the price of gas at the pump. And now I'm here and talk to my family members and they'll be like, hey, I read this in the media, but I hear you and my wife works in oil and gas tell a very different story. So there's a real broken narrative out there. Sorry, I, I jump back to the resource sector, but what's going on here from a tech? I actually had a conversation with um, a tech startup in Winnipeg and he said, "I'm envious of what you guys got going on there." And it was interesting to hear from outside the perspective of somebody who was in the in the sector. And they had skipped the dish and they left and came here and Harvest Builders and uh, Harvest Ventures. It was interesting to hear their perspective of like, "Wow, Winnipeg doesn't even come close to Calgary." So it was cool to hear an outside perspective of, "Wow, your guys, your tech startup community is really killing it." I've talked to a lot of people like, from a lot of different kind of outside. That message isn't out there right now as much as I think, uh, as much as I personally want it to be. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, yeah, interesting. And I mean, they always say like the best, it's statistically shown that people who have done well in life or have come from humble beginnings, oftentimes it's because they had a good mentor. They had mentorship, right? And so when businesses are able to tell their story, they uh, effectively become mentors for smaller businesses. And when individuals show their good work they're showing their good work to inspire and become mentors to other people. So it's we're doing ourselves a disservice if we're not deploying PR in a personal way, in a professional way. Um, it's inspiring people to want to do good work, essentially, at the end of the day, right? And if someone can do it, I can as well. It's setting a precedent. So... Yeah.
0: I love I love how you phrase that like we're doing our we're doing ourselves a disservice by not sharing our successes mm-hmm. in a way that inspires others we're not talking about ego we're not talking about I'm mm-hmm. awesome and you're not we're talking about look what we did that was awesome I bet you can be awesome too there's a level of inclusion I think in Alberta like I, I've been joking lately one of our superpowers is that willingness to help each other and it doesn't it exists in other places but you got to sometimes break through a few walls to get there well Alberta the wall is usually just a phone call or an email it's amazing how quick people will step up and go oh or and if they can't oh, well I know so and so I can help you but you know ellen can help you let me hook you up with her i do think calgary has a superpower there and that's 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 a layer of it we just need to amplify that I think
1: totally and you know even with um, even with our oil and gas industry like we have a superpower there we are producing the cleanest energy in the world through our technology we truly we truly well we were I hope we still do but that is that is such a superpower that we never told (laughs) we didn't promote whatsoever and that you know that was essentially a disservice in many ways because we're still going to have to of course green energy is important and solar power and wind power there's a place for all of it but it cannot be done without the oil and gas sector as well and we're doing it very well so where is that narrative you know it's funny my husband speaking of superpowers for women's day my team i had my team send me what their superpower was, and a photo of themselves for social media. awesome. I
0: I love the superpower concept. It's really kind of hearing it come up more and more lately. I love it. So
1: everyone sent me their superpower, and they were like, I'm kind, I'm empathetic, all of these wonderful things. And I asked my husband, I'm like, what's my superpower? And he said, you're a really good (laughs) self-promoter. And I was so offended. I was like, that's my one superpower. Like, I have kids, I have a dog, I, you know. Like. I appreciate <laughs> his
0: honesty because it could be risky. That's almost and like, that's right up there with how do I look in the stress. Totally. I'm like, well, choose your words wisely, sir.
1: <laughs> but I, so I immediately awesome. was like, kind of offended. And then he's like, no, Ellen, it's a compliment. You're so good at what you do. Like, I I meant it as such a compliment. So me being a Canadian, I was offended. If I had been one of my New York friends, I would have been like, fuck yeah, pardon the language.
0: Yes, thank you, yes.
1: (laughs) But because I'm a Canadian, so I've hit on so many points with just that one conversation. Like, he thought it was a great... Great compliment, and I mean, he is mm-hmm. a geologist. He's extremely humble. He's a gardener. He's a fly fisherman. He has a beard, like he
0: quiet, <laughs> he could analytical, introspective, yeah, yeah, introverted. Yeah. Yeah, that's why it works, right? <laughs> that is exactly why it works.
1: Totally, but he thought it was like such a grand compliment, and I was like, oh god. But anyway, we we came to the we came. You practice finish.
0: what you're, you you drink your own Kool Aid, Ellen. I appreciate that 100. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so we came to the conclusion that I'm a builder. That's my superpower. I build teams, I build ideas, I build other businesses. So we landed at that. But I can only be a builder if I'm a good self promoter. So there you Absolutely. go. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, no, the
0: best the best kept secret thing. That's no that's no good in business. It's no good in terms of you know, we're we obviously this whole root of this podcast is Economic Transformation Alberta, but it's also very bullish on we're moving in a good direction. All these things have got to come together. It's, it's 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 There's no one thing that's going to change it and I think there is sometimes conversations like, oh, if just this would happen or just that would happen. It is a series of things, but it's telling our own stories really well because there is so many good stories going on in this province. Like the positivity and the pockets of, of success and innovation, man, we just got it. And I think we're doing better. Hey, we're having a conversation about it now and there's going to be X amount of people listen. But if you're listening and you're in a business owner or any type of involved in anything in Calgary, get out there and tell your story. People do want to hear it you know, it's like I said, it doesn't come off as bragging. I think there's a level of support where people want to hear what you're doing because they're going to go, oh, wow, that could help me in this way. Or I know somebody could help, like give people the opportunity to be your advocates and to be your, your cheerleaders. Cause I do believe we're all in it together. That's one thing. Again, I love the culture of the city because there isn't in it together. There's, there's still a sense of abundance. There isn't a scarcity. We're not all fighting for the same scraps. And there's a lot of th- that, that leads to a culture that is setting us up for future success in my mind.
1: Absolutely. And you know what, if you don't know how to tell your story, Parker PR can help you tell your story.
0: Mic drop moment for Ellen there. That was on brand, Ellen, on brand.
1: Thank you. Ellen, that was a great
0: cover. Thank you for the, thanks for your candor. I love just having a good old fashioned chat. That's my favorite thing to do. Totally. Uh, That's why I do this. What's the, if people haven't picked up on it, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? If they're not knowing that, they're not paying attention on this episode.
1: Well, thank you for asking. So go to Parker PR on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, We have a website, ParkerPR.ca. Um, connect with us on any of our platforms. LinkedIn, we're on TikTok. We also have a Parker Media Instagram so you can see some of our cool videos. And yeah, get in touch. And thank yeah, Tyler. Thanks for having me. I'm always so worried about coming on podcasts because I feel like I'm 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 fair I'm fairly a straight shooter. I am a very straight shooter, so I'm always I'm always like, oh God, okay, where are we gonna go? But I think I think <laughs> I did okay. So thank you. <laughs> I
0: think I think you nailed it. I, I was I was confident on your behalf. I know you work in public <laughs> relations, but again, there's a difference between being on the mic and being behind pushing someone on the mic. I get it. I've been guests on a few shows lately, and it's way more nerve wracking. Being the host is so much easier. In case anyone was. Watching wondering. (laughs) This is a safe seat. Being the the guest, you don't know what I'm going to ask. Where can it go? I've really enjoyed the chat. It was good getting to know you again. Get out there, meet people. Calgary is a huge small town and everyone's willing to help. And now that you and I have crossed paths officially, I'm sure we'll hopefully if the world opens up, we'll run into each other multiple times in your future. That is the charm of this amazing city we live in.
1: Totally. Can't wait. Thanks so much, Tyler.
0: Thanks, Ellen. My pleasure.